1: welcome back to the legends lounge i'm true Withers, and with me today in the lounge we have former maine central institute uh and yukon husky was a two-time all-star with the washington wizards as well as a champion with the dallas mavericks he is a current assistant coach with the miami heat we got karan butler in the lounge thank you for joining us man thanks for having me brother how you doing Oh, of course, of course. I'm I'm doing well. Uh first thing I like to ask everybody, tell me about your welcome to the NBA moment. <laughs> uh I had a few of those. Uh <laughs> but the
0: one that stands out the most is playing against uh Glenn Robinson. I believe he was big dog. Yeah, big dog. I believe he was like, you know, obviously later in his career and we had played him in preseason, I recall. And, you know, guys, you know, the, the OGs don't really get up for games like that. You know, the preseason games, are just, you know, they're trying to get their legs under them. They had long right. summers, you know, the, the story goes on. Trying
1: to shake the rust so, uh,
0: off. Yeah, trying to shake the rust off and just, you know, get the cobwebs out. But uh, long story short, I'm on the side. I'm, you know, getting all my stuff off. I mean, I'm going at them and, you know, I'm feeling real good about myself. <laughs> are and you just, like, Are you letting them know? Are you talking some trash? No, I'm looking at him, though, okay. because he's someone okay. who I not not only just idolized but just like someone that I really like patting my game after. Mm. You know what I mean? We had the same body type and things like that. You know, I grew up, you know, just outside of Milwaukee. So um, he played for the Bucks. He was one of my favorite players. So um, I even committed to going to the University of Purdue prior to going to UConn because of him. Mm. And um I'm watching and I'm watching this game and I'm doing everything. I'm like, I'm mugging. I'm like, man, this dude ain't like that. Like, I'm the one. <laughs> right. And uh, it's my time. everybody like, yeah, yeah, keep asking. I'll never forget uh, our assistant coach at the time. He said, yo, fella, pump your brakes. Don't get too excited. It's just preseason, but you're doing well. I love what you're doing. Like, man, he can't do nothing with me. Fast forward <laughs> to about three weeks. Yeah. Uh, uh uh after that uh we uh, played him in real time like this game time now when the pop it's regular box. season yeah yeah regular season and man i mean he scored like 17 in the first quarter man like it was just <laughs> like he just redefined himself but i was just like man just different and he didn't say not one word i was gonna like, say did he let
1: you know about it or he just uh, kept he it just- kept it business
0: he just operated like he always operates, man. And I was just like, man, it's like he not even looking at the rim. He just giving me a bump, creating airspace, and just getting to his package in his bag. And I was just like, wow, I can't, I can't really do nothing with him. <laughs> I don't you know know <laughs> he said, "Young fella, Keith us again." I go to the side. He's like, "Look, young fella." He ain't got a lot of buckets on a lot of people. <laughs> don't don't feel don't feel like you know <laughs> don't, hang hand don't hang your head on yourself. or So don't hang your head. It is what it is, man. That's what he does for a living. You're a professional scorer, you're a professional bucket getter. And I had to take that on the chin, but I I, I learned the lesson about preseason basketball and obviously when the pop going get to popping. Like it's a
1: huge difference. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, so when would you say you felt like you belonged? in the nba like what was your moments like okay maybe you took you a little bit to get your feet wet or you're getting used to things when did you say you felt you belong
0: probably my uh my second year because Mm -hmm. like my my first year everything was like a whirlwind um i was averaging like the most minutes um i think i I still have the franchise record for the uh, heat history for most points by a rookie but i didn't feel like i belonged because like we was we wasn't playing winning basketball yet. And I was Mm. just like playing a lot of minutes and I was just getting a lot of production. Pat Riley was just pushing me in that space. But that second year um, where I was able to be, um, find my place and be consistent and win games. And like, I think guys started like screaming out my tendencies, like, Mm. you know, if you're open on the court and the ball go and they like, oh man, you gotta get to them or, he, right man, don't let him get to the you know two feet in the paint. He will take off like, and I was just like, oh, oh shit! Like I'm like they know who I am. Like, yeah, like they scouting me. A, I'm, yeah, I'm doing well enough yeah. to where I'm on,
1: yeah I'm on the scouting
0: report. I'm on that whiteboard. You know right. what I mean? Like when <laughs> you know, because it's, it's only about three or four guys that you really talk about in a scouting. And now we're super detailed. We talk about everybody. You know, we give respect mm-hmm. to every player, and and For now sure. the talent is different, so you have to. But it's specialists in every category. Sometimes, you know, guys are amazing at getting into the paint. Some guys are knockdown shooters and shot makers, not just takers. Some guys are excellent second chance operators and getting opportunities off the glass, but uh, or transition point scores or whatever the case. It's like everybody thrives in a specific area, but uh, back then it was just like if you're one or two of those guys or three that's being talked about in the scouting report. It's like, all right, you, you're a big deal. And I knew, like, my name was being talked about. The player, like, hey, man, don't let them get a rhythm. Or, like, and you hear those small conversations on the court. These are before right. mics and stuff was out there. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, all right, i I've, I've arrived. Like, like these are preparing for me. Yeah, they like and, – and I got a double team. Like, that was crazy. My <laughs> second year in the league, I was playing the Bulls, and I was like, I was going off, and I got a double team. I was like, "Oh yeah, they 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 don't want to see me one on one now." So right. it's just I'm here like now. Mind, like start. All right, I'm here. I can make it here. I can
1: make it. Right, right. Okay, like to uh, go a little bit step, uh, take a couple steps back with our veterans. So, like you mentioned, you you grew up in Wisconsin, but you ended up at Maine Central Institute. How had that come about?
0: Yeah, it's so crazy that you know um I got. Kicked out of all schools, like in in the state of Wisconsin, because of you know my run-ins with the law at an early age, uh. and um, racing unified said I couldn't you know uh, continue my education there. Uh, sports couldn't play sports or obviously uh, continue the education. So I was trying to like just pursue different spaces and places where I can go, and um, I had a mentor uh, by the name of Jamil Aguari a Muslim brother that uh, ran the community center, the George Bray community center, which I operate in, uh mm. provide for the kids in the community now. Um, he was just like, we got to get you out of here and we got to find other resources. And the call to action is to, you know, get you out the state and we just got to find you a home. And, you know, me, in my head, I was just like, you know what? You know, the basketball thing was cool. Like, I'm done with it. You know, it is what it is. But he was just like, I want I, I really want you to pursue this, man. You got a shot. You got a so shot. So You're willing to walk throw. away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I You know, I wasn't like seeing what he saw at the time. You know, I was just like, you know, it is what it is. You know, we got so many dudes that came through here that did it to death on the basketball court and just. But he saw something different in me. He was just like, man, you got it. And um, they raised funds. The, the community center raised funds to uh, pay for my first semester. To That's go to the Central Institute. Yeah, the whole community That's got love. together, man. You're talking about a lot of taco plates, a lot of a whole bunch of a lot of things. <laughs> man, of, to, lot of fish fries, like yeah, fish fries, everything. Yeah. Bake sales, yeah, man, to get me out of the hood, man. That's and, love though. Yeah, I'll never forget that. And I went out there and you know, Max Good, the legendary Max Good, just you know, embraced me with open arms, um, and gave me opportunity to be on his winning team and you know, we won a prep school uh, title that, that first year, and it was just
1: amazing. What was that, that cultural shock? Like going from, I, like you said, outside of Wisconsin to now you dropped it in, in Maine Central. I'm, so I'm going to tell you like
0: this. Uh, when you look at our state in Wisconsin, I think we probably about uh, 9.5% uh, blacks in, in our state. But it's even crazy. I think uh, Maine is like, four percent and i think that i
1: think it's like the complete opposite yeah it's like even four percent and when you look at our
0: team it was predominantly black we had uh one caucasian person on the team so it's like uh the population of black people went up just because of our basketball team you know what i mean in the state of y'all were the
1: population yeah we were the population of black
0: people and it was crazy that was a culture shock and then um you know this academic academically like the curriculum and how you prepare and how it was just like you you think you was just going there to play basketball and just right. fall back but the curriculum was the most important thing because all of us needed to get our ACT SAT scores uh we had a, a rigorous uh schedule like with our tutors um it was just around the clock you know process of just you know um getting more and more uh, formally educated and mm-hmm. you know and and addressing your weaknesses and i think that Uh, The prep school experience, you know, being away from my home, you know, not having access to funds to fly back and forth all the way in Maine, staying with a host family for, you know, uh, probably six, seven months. uh, That that really just, you know, amplified my drive to like really go out and uh, pursue all the
1: things that I wanted to do in life. Hmm. And you mentioned after that, you you said you almost ended up. Was it really just because Big Dog like it was only because Big Dog Robinson?
0: Yeah and they, and and they had a a man by the name of uh Frank Frank Kendricks. Uh he was an okay. assistant coach. He was a brother. Uh he followed me my whole career like even when I was like young and playing AU, He was like, "Hey man, you know, stay with it." And yeah. I just remember our conversation. so like that connection with him right. and then him connecting me with Big Dog, which is my favorite player and somebody who I molded and modeled my game after. It was just like I was like all right, I'm going to Purdue. Like it's right. close, it seem like crib. a fit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too close, but it's close <laughs> enough it's close to play and all, Yeah, all that so and then I end up just uh you know going to, on a visit to Connecticut and um I just I was like, yo, this this is like this like they mm. they're, they're going to feature me in this capacity and you know this is before like wherever you go, your games can be seen on ESPN. Like right stores connecticut is right next uh to the the, the 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 home of espn so like all our games mm. was on national television or had was streamed in that some type of coverage yeah national coverage yeah so we just we were seen all the time
1: mm. i talked to i guess one of your, your husky brothers uh mm. charlie villanueva not long ago And he said he was all in on once he met jim calhoun what, what what was it about what was it about when you met Coach Calhoun? Like, what sticks out? What were you like? I, I got to play for this guy.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you like this. It's probably one of the realest conversations we had when I when I talk about Calhoun. But uh, if you can be bought, you can be sold. And mm. Calhoun Calhoun came to my house, and every 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 other person and I and I. I don't mean to be disrespectful anything to any organization or any university, but everyone came in like pretty much just saying, like looking at you as a a product and like, how can they purchase you or how they can, you know, use you. And uh, Calhoun was the only one in my eyes and in my family eyes that came like, as like, this is a partnership. You're joining our family. We're joining your family like this. Right. This is bigger than just basketball for us not like an so, object you know, we're not trying to get yeah. this object
1: here use it and then pass it on
0: yeah it was just like y'all you we connected forever and it, i mean everything he said uh in that meeting like he meant it he was about it and um he's still about it till this day and i'm just forever grateful for him because he could have he could have easily you know reneged on his word or his promises on what he was going to be about him my grandmother uh, she deep really from the south, worked in the cotton fields of Mississippi. Uh you know, she 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 eyeballing him and she is like every after everything he spoke about, she like you going with him. <laughs> okay. She's like, That's where you're going. You're okay. going with him and and the rest is history.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so once grandmama knew, it's like she just yeah, she just
0: knew. Yeah, yeah, grandma was like, Yo, you that's you going with him. Like, no, nah, you ain't gotta wait for his uh commitment or whatever y'all do. <laughs> Like he you're this is a done deal. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, Y'all y'all, gonna, y'all can go and get home. Hell. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's done deal. You can make right.
1: your announcement. <laughs> and, okay, so you there at UConn two years. When did you know it was time to go pro? You know, honestly,
0: I was trying to leave after my first year. Um, mm. I played on a team with DeMar Johnson in prep school, and he was the number one player in high school basketball. I was the number one prep player and mm. um i was just like you know every time a nba scout or something came to see him they saw me and yeah. i was looking at the draft board and um they had me at a second round or something like that And
1: after your first year after, your freshman after year? my first
0: year yeah mm. no actually after my my first year they was like it's possibly i go second round at, in prep school and i was like man i was All thinking right. about coming out and then after my first year, it was, like, late fa- first round or something like that, and I, I went and had a meeting with Coach, and he was just like, look, I'm going to lay it all on the line. Here's all the projections. He printed them out. He was like, this got you this. This guy got you here. Uh, this guy who I trust, he has the best relationships. He's like the the scout role, uh, uh Wojnowski, you know, that had, mm-hmm. like, all the, the, the team. All the information, yeah everything and he was just like they saying you're going to late first possibly you know second round and i was just like what should i do and he gave me the best advice he was like we're gonna provide you know whatever you need here uh basketball wise i don't think you ready uh you're gonna get featured more uh you're gonna get a guaranteed salary right out the gate uh next year uh if you go first round and go in that lottery which i know you will uh, and this is going to be your team And we're building around you. So that that would just like trigger something because, you know, I wanted to test the waters, but I didn't want to, you know, go that route without some uncertainty. And I wanted his full support and blessing when I left. And I talked to Richard Hamilton and Ray Allen and guys like that. And they was like, definitely go back for another season. And I'm glad I made that choice. And Mm. I went back and, you know, the rest was history.
1: Hmm. That's a different era now, just in terms of the, you know, the options that guys would come or have coming out of high school. So say you were coming out of high school right now. Like, again, of course, there's still the college route, but also we've got, you know, you can go G League or overtime elite if you want to play professionally and make some money. You can go to college, get you some name, image, and likeness money. Overseas is now more of an option. What do you think would have appealed to you?
0: Yeah, I you know, my one of my coaches now, uh, two of my coaches actually, uh, and one of my brothers, uh, Kevin Ollie. Uh, mm-hmm. runs overtime, and then obviously Coach Dave Lato, who was at DePaul, who recruited me as well from University of Connecticut, is with overtime. I probably would have went that route, you right. know what I mean? Just uh, knowing that, you know, I wanted to, you know, get paid for my likeness, obviously, and after I get put on game about that and just be able to play against the top-tier guys and, you know, prepare myself to the best of my ability, playing against the top-tier talents, getting ready for uh, the, the next level. Um, but I, I think it's i think it's like a, a fit thing you got to find right. out like what's, exactly. what's the things that you need most importantly is it you know stability is it like professional habits like do you have to grow in that capacity do you have to grow with your strength do you have to grow with you know uh obviously get your playmaking in your game is that going to get better by playing more games or is that going to get developed better by you know being in the college atmosphere in a setting or, it's just like, what do you really want? But it's great to have so many options. Now, before, a lot of guys just fell by the wayside because right. it was only that option to go to college. And some, sometimes yeah. people can qualify. And if you couldn't qualify, it was like, oh, you couldn't pass the test or whatever the case may be. Now you're just stuck, right. you know, back in the hood or going to a community college. So it was just like it was crazy back then. But now I, I love that there's so many options and also that you get actually get paid off your likeness. I think that's pretty dope.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So what do you remember about like the draft process? Cause you said, you know, you heard after your first year at UConn, you know, late first, early second. So you come back, have the better year, like, you know, all conference, all that. What do you remember about the draft process? Then like, once you had decided, okay, I'm ready. What do you remember about the draft process?
0: Well, after my last game, everyone was telling me that, you know, I was for sure a lottery pick. So I was just like, okay, that like, What does that mean? And I sat down with Coach after I had my press conference, you know, declaring that I was going to the NBA. I was like, okay, what do I do from a a representation standpoint? He was like, all right, I know a guy, and then I don't want you to go with my guy, but I'm going to introduce you to someone I know, and then these are other names that I know that's really, really good at their jobs, and you know. These are people you should look into, and then uh-huh. you and your family make the decision. I'll be by your side. You can bounce whatever questions so are. Cause more so that to well. present
1: you with the options.
0: Yeah, this gave me a ton of options, not just one option or two options. Gave right, me he wasn't trying to force his options.
1: guy on you.
0: Absolutely, right, and right. that was the process for me. And I, I sat down with all of them face to face, and right. I had a immediate connection uh, with my brother Raymond Brothers. Who is uh, is the president of the rock nation, uh, been my only agent, my entire career, uh, basketball and, uh, coaching agent. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we just connected right out the gate. And, um, we, we just started talking about where I was going to work out, you know, placement, you know, getting me to Los Angeles, or did I want to be in Chicago? I told him I want to be as far away from home as possible so I can just like dial into my craft. Right. And I was doing two a day workouts. They hired me, uh, uh, a skills guy that just you know worked me out uh twice a day who's now um on the bench as an assistant coach with the los angeles clippers uh and i was just working on my craft plan against pros every day that's when i met you know my brother guy rest is so kobe bryant you know i had deshaun stevenson i had jason terry you know all those guys you know around the clock coming in the gym working out against me and just making me better and um you know, all the way up leading to that point. And then the process came where, you know, you had to. Now it's more like a showcase where like teams will come out and see you in right. like, your comfort areas. You know what right. I mean? Like you get okay. to run like your, your draft combine. You know what I mean? Like they come out and watch you like, all right, go over there. It's your stadium. It's your, yeah. You shoot all the shots that you're comfortable (laughs) with, everything, you run around. But, you know, back then it was like, man, every team, like I worked out for nine teams, uh, the top nine teams in the draft. And Miami had the 10th pick and that's where I ended up going. And I didn't even work out for the Heat. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So uh, I went to everywhere but the Heat, but every team that I went to, and I got like three commitments from teams that told me, hey, don't work out for nobody else. We're taking you. And, um, obviously, th- those were, you know, all lies. But the that he took
1: the chance on me, and, you know, I'm glad they, I'm glad they did. I was going to say, did you know going in, but I guess not if they had not worked you out. But at that point, like, when you're hearing, you know, the team promises, what are you – like, are you believing it? Like, what else would you think, right? It's your first time in the draft. Like, where, where was your mind processing? And I've been lied to before, so it was just like <laughs> –
0: <laughs> it is like uh when my agent was like hey uh you going to memphis i was like a word and memphis picked and i was like oh, you know me in my head you know we 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 all come with ego and For you sure. know uh some a little edge but i was just like i'm better than him and then next guy I get called denver i'm like i'm better than him cleveland oh, man i i would destroy him like what <laughs> you know just like in your head you're just like man like, like what is it? Yeah. Before me, like what? Like what's going on? And I'm like, I'm looking at uh, my agent. I'm looking at Raymond. <laughs> like man, if I don't get drafted, man, I'm telling you, it's gonna be like man. Like y'all got we me got on some TV. Problems.
1: Yeah, we're...
0: yeah. I'm looking at you, like man. The TV just pointing at the camera, just staring at me like this right in the here, Green man, room. In yeah. Now, it, it yeah, it was actually like in the in the center of everything. And my mom and everybody got dressed up. I said, man, we ain't spent money. We ain't even had really. Like you know, we ain't got fresh to death. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, if I don't get drafted, it's over. And then uh, he got a phone call. You know, pulled out his flip phone. <laughs> he go on the side, and uh, Pat Riley was like, "Hey, you know, we we taking him next pick." And I was, I was just, he was like, "Hey, you you going to Miami?" I'm like, "For real?"
1: He's like, "Yeah." And i was gonna it's say I, I heard this one before uh like yeah. did you believe it or you had to hear the name no I, had to hear the that. Spe- yeah. no I had
0: to hear that you know it was just i was like nah i ain't i ain't rolling This still feel fishy you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i got <laughs> three full promises already y'all right i heard this before i heard all the all the promises already i need to i need to see it that's why i always got the phrase man seeing is believing so they actually called my name and it was just like a real moment, man. I broke down in tears. I, I fell in the arms of you know my mother and my agent, um, my fiance at the time, my wife for twenty one years. Andrea was there, and it was it was just like it was a dope moment because I knew what it took to get to that place. You know what I mean? And right. you know, um, yeah, it, I, it, it still it still give me chills to this day, even thinking about it. And you know, shout out to all the kids that's going to experience that that moment this season.
1: Hmm. Now you. Went from racing Wisconsin up to Maine to stores, Connecticut. Now you're in South Beach. You were twenty, what 21, 22? Yeah, 22 Yeah, dropped in man. South. What was that <laughs> like? What was that like? It was a
0: whirlwind. But <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna tell you this: it's not what people think. Like, really, a lot of people think that you know. This when I got here, I'm just telling you from my my observation and my mm. lens when i got here south beach was south beach but i've never got a chance to experience south beach and i'll tell you why because the godfather just wasn't having it you know pat riley knew just about every one right. in south in, in miami just period <laughs> like he knew everybody he eyes so everywhere. Had, yeah so if you had the tendencies of being out or whatever he he knew and you know back then you know your your off the court life was just as more important than your, your own court life so they they kind of still dictated all that stuff you know now you got so much freedom you know more than right. an athlete you know the life all the narratives goes good. on like you can do what you want right. you know you got all these uh these these uh rules and regulations protecting you but back then nah man
1: it's a different game
0: it was played basketball nothing else go get off your feet and get ready to play hard it was two a days it was no restrictions it was no you know no mental health days it was no no labor day it was nothing it was just hoop and be glad that you got this job and this opportunity and so for me I never wanted to mess up you know something that you know obviously I was blessed with I was uh fortunate to be able to do so I just wasn't playing that game I wasn't playing with my right. career and whatever the the regulations was. He put the rules, he, he, you know, it was super militant at the time. Mm. And he said, this, this is what we're doing. This is how we operate. I don't want to hear this. I don't, and that's what it was. So I, I never, I've probably been down to South Beach five times in, in my career, my first two years, that mm. I, I I'd never been down there. I just stayed away Great. from it and yeah. focus on hoop.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, I, I feel like we've seen, you know, if a guy gets drafted to a city like Miami at that age, put some money in his pocket the first time it might not end that well but it seems like for you that might have been like because like you said far away from home and just that the structure that Pat Riley had set up seemed kind of tailor-made for you
0: well I I tell you what with, with the culture we have down here and with you know some of the legends that we had like Bob McAdoo and Keith Askins and obviously Stan Van Gundy, and then now, you know, my brother and, you know, mentor and the head coach of the Miami Heat, you know, Eric Spoelstra. like he was, you know, all these people was just pouring into me, you know, still right. coaching me till this day, everyone that I mentioned, and obviously the godfather of the game, you know, Pat Riley, Randy Fun, you know, Andy Ellsberg, you know, Rob mm-hmm. Wilson, Tim Donovan, like it's just people that become a fabric of your life and try to prepare you for, you know, what's next. And right. you know, these people are the same people that follow me to every organization that I went to after I was traded. You know, still stands uh, extremely connected. And it was at a time right. where being connected with people was hard. You know, we're going to the Lakers, right. it's like now I'm with the, the opposition, I'm a an op, and they right. still like reaching right. out, connecting, making sure that I'm
1: good. Right. So, and it wasn't uh, like the Twitter, Instagram, that way to do it. Like if you're putting in some effort to talk to somebody, you had to put yeah, in some effort. Writing letters. Like yeah. handwritten
0: letters. Like, you know, Pat Riley checking in on the blue cars, writing handwritten letters, just making sure that I'm good and giving me inspirational, you know, messages. You know, so uh he was still coaching me, He's still coaching me to the day. So it was it was pretty dope, man. I this uh-huh. is the best place for me to land. Now that I look back at it, like right. if I would have went, you know, four or three, whatever. Uh My career, my life probably wouldn't pan out the same because I got exactly what I need—the Madison that I needed. I got it, you know, when I arrived right. with the Miami Heat.
1: Mm. Now you mentioned something like the, you know, the Riley, the Van Gundy. Those are some of the names we know now. Like on that was I think oh three oh four, the second year, y'all had some characters on that team. <laughs> it was uh it was yeah. rookie D Wade, I think, rookie, rookie Udonis Haslam. Yeah, Udonis uh, Haslem. Ray Skip for to Alston. my Lou, Ray for Austin, yeah. Lamar O. Like, what the? Eddie Jones, Brian it, Grant. When you think of those guys all these years late, like, like what, what comes to mind? you smiling thinking of them, but what comes to mind?
0: Man, it was funny as hell, man. It was always, <laughs> it was never a dull moment in practice. And I think that it, amongst the organization, it's probably two teams they talk about all the time. Um, obviously, the big three and that dynamic and you know the heatles and everything that Mm -hmm. happened in that era but our team is like and we didn't win a championship but we had one of the best turnaround stories uh in franchise history where we started off i think like 7 and 21 or something and then we just like ran through the east the second half of the season and made the playoffs and end up again bounced out of the semifinals, but um our team was just like full of joy and life and every day you know we 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 had a team full of hoopers you know like that was true basketball heads like dudes right. that just love love the game basketball yeah and 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 that's that's rare because sometimes people you know are profession like they're perfectionists in like what they do but you know um they don't they're not drawn to basketball they draw drawn to other things and that's not their right. first love might not even be their second but they do it because they're really good at it Uh, But our team, that team that it was assembled, that everyone first loved was basketball. So all we did was talk basketball. All we do was compete uh, in practice. And it was just like, I think it really was a pleasure and a joy for, you know, stand to coach us and just have so many guys that bought into the concepts and everything that he was,
1: everything he was about. Hmm. Yeah. Had that, like you mentioned, made the second round or mid semifinals. Hmm. But then you get. Trade, like what leading up to getting traded, like did you know anything? How did you find out? Because again, like like you had the second year, things were going well. When did you find out that it might be an option?
0: I think I was coming back from Antigua and um uh, doing a clinic for basketball camp Mm. for the Miami Heat. And um I get back walking through the airport and on the stroller, um, you see ESPN was on like every channel in the airport. Uh, you know, that was just a thing back then you always had on the sports stuff now it's more CNN and Fox and stuff like <laughs> that but it, it, we had ESPN on every stroller and um you, you see the stroller going across and it's like Shaquille O'Neal coming to Miami it's not like he might come it's not now it's to the point where he's coming right and it's like uh who's in the deal and um I called Pat Riley I was just like hey I'm getting traded he's like no nah, you, you know anything happened I, like, I just bought a house he's like well you know, you bought a house, you know, obviously a great investment, you know, right. <laughs> you know, this, you know, the rundown, the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the PC talk, you know, politically yep. correct talk. And um, I hit D Wade up. I was like, bro, what, what, what you hearing? He was like, man, you know, they ain't tell me nothing yet. Or nothing, you know, and I, obviously I was like, I know he's the franchise guy or going to be the franchise guy going forward. So I was wondering, hit Lamar up, like, what you hearing? He's like, man, we go i was like wow. where are we going he was like we're going to la man like me you he's like, i'm trying to see who else is going and uh yeah i got the news i was like damn I was Like so you found out really through lamar odom yeah like he he told me hey it's me you and somebody like but he was just like speculating too it wasn't nothing like definitive or anything but mm. probably about a couple hours after i got from the airport that's when i found out
1: mm. was that and kind was of hard to, was that yeah, was that a tough thing to to square up right? Because again, like you said, you, you asked Pat Riley and you know business is business, but at the same time, if you you ask somebody that.
0: Yeah. Uh it it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah. just because uh you know, I like everything I do is just like I'm so personally connected to it. So it was like really personal to be like here and have the success that we had. And but they, you know, they was going for a championship, first one in franchise history, and you know, that's business. You know and they saw opportunity to you know uh really do something special and and it worked out you know it, it worked out for them it worked out for us you know i was able to you know go to los angeles you know play on that big stage you know improve my brand and you know get with someone you know all the things that i was being taught here i was actually able right. to see it firsthand in kobe bryant so it like it ended up working out perfectly you know, in my career for me, you know, but I was like devastated because as a young person, you think when you get drafted somewhere and Miami is always my first home, like I, I was just like, I'm, I'm never leaving here. Like I'm right. I'm setting, I'm, I'm getting my roots. I'm, I'm setting my roots here. Like this, I'm gonna grow everything and build everything here. And then I got traded. Mm-hmm. I was just like devastated.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, won't hold you too much longer. We, we appreciate your time. Uh, did want to ask you you know you mentioned with the heat things you get involved in you you put like a personal level or a, a personal touch personal connection with it. What mm-hmm. type of work are you doing you said the, is it the George Bradley Community Center? Yeah, the George Bray Community Center. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, can you have, tell me yeah, could you tell me more about that? Yeah, we have
0: the fatherhood uh, crusade where you know we get a group of black black and brown fathers in the community to come out and you know, have that connection, you know, with their children. We also uh, have the bridge program with uh, people that have had like a setback with, you know, uh, mass incarceration, and they're able to come and, you know, step back into society and have a home where they can, you know, have resources, you know, access to computers, a kitchen, or, uh, uh, anything you want to do. And, uh, you know, uh, so many programs under that roof where, you uh, we just kind of amplify and help them because it's no uh, bridge for them. You know, Once they get right. released, they just back into society and we want to help with the rehabilitation process. Uh, we also uh, we sponsor the Juneteenth Day. We've been a proud sponsor of that for over 16 years. Uh, and obviously, it's celebrating our history in the community and in the world. Um, and, and told through our, our lens and our, right. and, and our narratives, um, which is important. That's, something that's huge. That's huge for us to hear that. And um, also we just, we do a lot of community function events. Uh, we partner up with cops and kids where we uh, give books to the communities. We give bicycles to the communities. Uh, we have a, a un, so many, so many programs under the roof that I can't even uh now so i had to put them all right here to the side and read them <laughs> off but it's a lot of programs and a lot that's of a good thing though. yeah
1: yeah it's a lot of programs and initiatives that's uh coming out of our, our brace center for sure for sure well, i know we're thankful the community of miami is thankful what the i guess what's next uh i guess i should ask for coach karan butler
0: yeah you know um for me just you know continue to you know polish and sharpen uh sharpen some things that i need to get better at and, you know, um, I, this, this this has really been, like, the, the best experience for me, though. Um, mm-hmm. Learning players, uh, looking at it from a different lens, um, the X and O's, uh, learning that process, uh, learning everyone's why and why they're different and how you can connect with your players, um, and just, um, just empowering them. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's very important. You know, as an owner and as a business person, it's very important to empower, you know, your employees and people that work for you and people that's under you to let them know that, you know, they can rise up and do just about anything. I think that's very important. And what I'm seeing now as a coach, uh, as an assistant coach in this business is, it's so important to do those things. It's also, it's a selfless act. You know what I mean? You have to be really um, bought in to be the, the most selfless person because you're not going to get credit for things you're not going to uh you know be highlighted and nor should you want to Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's the most important thing you know uh coaching is a selfless act you know giving without being um applauded is you know something that i've been all about my entire life and my career and um i'm just happy that i'm able to be under the tutelage of you know two of the top 15 greatest coaches ever you know pat riley and uh, eric spolster so you know it's culture all the way man
1: for sure for sure uh coach tough juice uh thank you so much for stopping by the lounge man yeah appreciate you brother of course you got an open seat come back anytime yeah will do Uh, yes sir we'll talk to you soon all right brother right thank everybody for stopping by the legends lounge is brought to you by the national basketball retired players association give us a follow on twitter at nba legends lounge and be sure to subscribe and rate the legends lounge podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast we'll catch you next time